every time I want to give up, you're always making a way, Lord. We don't deserve your grace, Lord. for what God is when somebody meets him. Right. But, but that, that, that may not be what he introduced himself to you as. Yeah. You need to figure out how God introduced himself to you. Yeah. See, for somebody, God walked up to him with a hello, my name is tag on it. And, and at the bottom it said Waymaker. Yeah, because yeah, he introduced himself as a Waymaker to them. Somebody else, he introduced himself as a promise keeper to them. Somebody else needed a light in the darkness. And so that's what was on the name. But, but what's on the tag when he introduced himself to you? Maybe he was food in the fridge to you. I, I, I don't know. Maybe he was medicine in my cabinet to you. I don't, you need to figure out what your relationship is with the Lord. Maybe he was friend when I'm lonely to you. But you got to figure out what your relationship is with the Lord because he's not the same thing to everybody. What is he? What is he to you? Yeah, you have to figure it out. Now, I'm not going to put anybody on blast. I would come around with a microphone and say, what is he to you? But I'm not going to do that. But you ought to be thinking about it. Yeah, because I don't know where you were when you met him. Or I don't know where you were when you needed him. Maybe not you met him, because you know, we meet people sometimes and they don't mean that much to us. Yeah, and then a day comes in our life and we need them in a way that we never knew before. So what is he, what is he to you? I, 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 I don't know. Maybe he's a, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, what you singing, man? Come on, you over there cutting up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Put that little Caribbean thing on there, Reg. How you put that thing? Yeah. I need thee, Lord. Every hour. Said I need thee, Lord. Oh, bless. Bless me now. I come to yeah. yeah, and then somebody said, even when I don't feel him, he's working. Even when I don't feel him, even when I don't feel him, Lord, you never stop. He never stops. He never stops. Lord, you never stop. He never stops. Come on now, everybody say, even when I don't see it, you're working. He's working. Even when I don't see Yes, sir. He never stops working. He never stops. He never stops working. Even when I don't feel him, he's working. Even when I don't see him, he's working. 
from 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy is in the New Testament, chapter 3, you can, you can show us verses 1, maybe through 7, I'll read them for you and then I'll ask a question and see if we can answer it, ask a simple question, are we living in the last days? Are we living in the last days? People keep saying that everywhere you turn. It's good to have Reverend Kay here with us today and good to have our brother in Christ, Reggie Miller, here with his new bride, Denise. Denise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, he done, he brought her home for a visit. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God for actually. I think they came because Callan wanted to go to Children's Church. He was the reason why they came today. Thank God for that. Ministry matters. Ministry matters. 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 7. Paul writes these words, but mark this. And then he writes something that's ominous. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love. Wait a minute, is this AL.com? <laughs> wow. Yeah, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rush, I'm sorry, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And then five, you might want to stick it, ten, and having a form of godliness, but denying, in the King James Version, it says the power thereof. This version says, but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people have nothing to do with such people. They are the kind who worn their way into homes and gain control over gullible women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. 
always learning, but never able to come into a knowledge of the truth. Have you ever heard the idiom, every generation grows wiser and weaker? This is where it comes from. You're not going to find that statement in the Bible. Every generation grows wiser and weaker. Is what people say. Now, the question is, is this the time that's the last days that we're living in? Well, can I give you some perspective? This was written over 2,000 years ago. And at the time that it was written, Paul wrote it because the people then thought that they were living in the last times. And so he penned it to them over 2,000 years ago, describing the conditions as they were at that time. This is not a today flash. This tells you how things have been since the time of Paul writing this. Now, we are 2,000 years, over 2,000 years later in this. And I don't say, I can say that I don't think they could imagine how things are today under the circumstances. But it certainly amplifies, magnifies the problems that we see. But I also came to tell you, even though these are horrible things, there's nothing new under the sun. But let's see the problems that people have, and there's a lot of them. I'm going to get you out of here as quickly as I can this morning, but I want you to see what was happening, what the climate was of those days. First of all, they were dangerous days. Yeah, we can say ouch to that too now. You can't go in Dollar General without people shooting up, and they come in there looking for black folk in Dollar General yesterday in Florida, Jacksonville, Florida. Now we can go all around. I used to be able to come in and there were some community places I could say you were safe in. I don't even have a list anymore of places. I used to say, you don't get in trouble in the library. I used to say, you don't get in trouble in church. There's no danger to you in church. And People have gone in all these places. We, who could imagine in the 80s when I was in school that you would go to school yeah. and people would shoot up a school? But you can't say these things anymore because people have been struggling. There is a need in our community that's not being fed, not being met, and people are struggling and reaching out. And these hurting people are doing what? Hurting other people. They're hurting other people. Yeah, so we're living in dangerous, perilous times, difficult, troublesome, uneasy, hard times, y'all. Living in those times, not only are they dangerous, but these people are determined to not do what's right. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not, people aren't accidentally doing wrong. People are intentionally doing this evil. They're planning it. Yeah, anybody think it took one day, everybody got together on the phone, on the TikTok, or on a, on a text message thread and say, hey, today, let's run to the Capitol and see if we can get in there and bust up Congress. Wow. No, that took months of planning. Right. They were determined to go in there and they won't say it now. All of them who were so eager to go in there and overthrow the government are now pleading not guilty. Yeah. 
got to prove I did it, although they wanted to be patriots. They said they were patriots. Patriots, you know, we, we're trying to make America great again. That's what they say they're doing now, and, and, and now they say under the advice of counsel, I would not say anything that, that might incriminate me because they realize that maybe they weren't looking at life right. After 500 indictments, when the, con when, the, when the rest of the country is saying shame on you, yeah. now they see a different perspective and they realize they've been fooled. And, we, and don't you ever be fooled by the theatrics that are playing out at our national levels because evil's at every level. Amen. Yeah, evil's in leadership at the top. Whenever we have to be shamed because a president has 90 criminal indictments, former president, and yet he still proclaims that he is innocent, and he said, which he has a right to do, but be able to look underneath all that stuff and see what's going on because there's more to the story right. than meets the eye. And we used to be able to put some trust in media. We can't anymore because people create their own media stream, and we're not quick to figure out where the story is coming from. All we know is that a story came out. It said on the internet, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> but we don't know who put it out on the internet. Be, be slow to jump on every story. They're determined to make you see things their way. But who are the characters in these so-called last days? And I can tell you this, I want you to walk away with this. 2,000 years ago, they thought they were in the last days. The last days are coming. All I know is that we're 2,000 years closer to the last day, whenever it is, because they thought it was then. But we know it's coming. We just don't know. It may, it may take another 2,000 years. But, but we are 2,000 years closer to what was written about in Scripture, and they were petrified about what was going on. What are the deeds of the people who are doing wrong in these last days? Well, Paul describes them in very specific ways, Reggie. He says they're lovers of self. And perhaps this is the capstone problem that comes according to Paul's, according to Paul's writing, the capstone problem that brings about all the other issues is that people love themselves. People make themselves idols. They worship themselves. They worship their lifestyles. They're intent on their own interests. And because they're intent on their own interests, everything else gets askew. There is no sacrifice for anybody else. And I came to tell the people in church, the people who love the Lord, there is no walk with the Lord without sacrifice. You got to think about somebody else. You got to be the kind who gives over to others before yourself. And I hate to tell you, Paul wasn't writing to enemies. He was writing to church folk. It was church folk who were doing all these things. You need to understand that we're in the space to help other people. Not just ourselves. Not just ourselves, but it was the people in church who were selfish. Selfish. Lovers of themselves. The trend 
in the modern church, you got to hear me now, is skewing that way. We have language in church now that we never had before, but it's in the guise of psychological discussion. I want you to hear me now. There are some things we haven't talked about a whole lot that we should have been. We should have been talking about people taking care of themselves. That's important. Yeah, but, but wellness is not a religion. All right? Wholeness is not a religion. We're making that into a religion. And if you're not in that space, then you're not in the right space. Can I tell you, everything Jesus did was about people taking care of themselves, about people being better, about people being made whole. So there's nothing in the gospel that's against self-care. There's nothing in the gospel that's against healing. It's about healing. He healed folk with every manner of malady. All right, so what we do in Christianity is not opposite to that. But, but that whole field can't become another religion in and of itself. That's a problem, and that's where we are right now. People are struggling to understand the difference. Not only are we, is it important that we um, understand what wholeness and wellness is in this context, said they were doing other things. He said they were covetous, lovers of money. Lovers, uh, lovers of money. Yeah. Do we talk about money in this country? That's all we talk about is money. In fact, children think that success in life only comes with getting as much money as you can. And I got news for young folk today. There are millionaires who are miserable, who have all the money they could ever need. And they can't stand it. I can use some points. In, uh, Jay-Z talk about people who reach out to him every time. He's, he hates talking to folks sometimes because everybody got an idea. Everybody, everybody got a scheme that they need him to fund. He never knows who's sincere when they come talk to him because papers say that Jay-Z is, is a billionaire. And so everybody wants a piece of that. And I can go through and name person after person that says, when I got money, people stopped seeing me. All they saw was what I got and how I can help them get to where they think they need to be. Not only that, people, when they find out you got money, they make you their business. They make you, they got to be with you in order to do something. They make themselves indispensable to you so that ultimately you need them, but really what it is is you want to be with them because you get to come up. Yeah, and, and, and that's a problem when your job is being at the beck and call of somebody just because they got money. And you need to reconsider what your purpose, your purpose is in life. But when you're covetous, when you're lovers of money, you'll do some things that you might not want to do otherwise. Not only that, they're boasters. People are boasters. You know what boasting is? I mean, they're pretenders. Empty pretenders. Everybody wants to put their 15th picture online. Yeah, that's the one where they look really good. They're really good. Yeah. One through 12 were bad. They deleted them. Yeah, but they put 15 on there because their eyes were open. 
They're boasting. Yeah, let's put some roller hair pictures on there. Let's put some real pictures on there for you, you know, as soon as you get out the bed, before you get in the mirror. Yeah, don't do that. Let's put real life pictures online, but people want to show you the best version of themselves and make it seem like that, that's not a problem. Put your best version out there, but don't make people think it's the only version. Yeah, that's not your only version. You got other stuff. You, you goofy too. Yeah, put your goofy pictures on there, the stuff you do that you laugh at, but, but we're boasters, boasters. Not only that, we're proud. Proud, we overestimate our worth. Overestimate. Now, I'm not making this up. I'm reading what Paul wrote 2,000 years ago. He put this in the Bible 2,000 years ago. These are not Andre's words. These are Paul of, of Tarsus' words. He said that people were proud. They overestimated their worth. Yeah, but I can tell you this right now. It doesn't matter who you are or where you're from. That won't get you into heaven. That will not get you a ticket into a forever relationship uh, with the Lord. And then we're blasphemers. Blasphemers. Speaking evil of God and making it a joke. We make everything a joke these days. We, we will desecrate the church all for the sake of a laugh. And there's a whole sector of people who know better. They know better. They are believers in Jesus Christ. But for the sake of their business and their brand, they think they can talk about anything in a negative way. And we ought to be okay with it because they're just comedians. And comedians do a whole lot behind the guise of comedy. That's not, I mean, if you know better, you ought to do better. You ought to, even as a comedian, have something that's off limits. Something you won't talk about. Something you won't laugh about. You ought to have something that's reverential to you and say, I, I won't go there because of my belief system. But they're not. And so they'll blaspheme back again, all for the sake of money and all for the sake of loving themselves. Not only that. Clearly, we know this is the case that young folk will be disobedient to parents. Now, that's not, that's not new. As long as children have been children, since Adam and Eve had, had, had their boys. Yeah, you know, there have been problems. Children have been disobedient to parents, but we're in a situation now where there are no what we call Christian values in homes, and they're rejecting the basic fundamental relationship between parent and child. This has lasting implications. Yeah, yeah, especially at a time when we are growing older and living longer. And we get to the end of life and need somebody to take care of us. And your children ain't thinking about you because they were disrespectful when they were younger, taking care of only themselves. And now you think they're going to sacrifice life at this point to take care of you? We see it all over the community. It's happening over and over again. There is a unique relationship between children and young folk. And I, and I don't know why God made it such that parents take care of kids when they're younger and kids take care of parents when they're older. But that's, that's how life was designed 
to be, and all of it comes out of love, honor, and respect. I sacrifice for you when you're younger. You sacrifice for me when I'm older, if the Lord lets me get to that place. But that's, that's not always what's happening, and we see it playing out, that there's no obedience, there's no respect, and perhaps part of it is because we parents have stepped out of our role as example and have tried to be colleague or friend. Yeah, we've decided that we weren't going to take the hard road and we were going to take the easy road. We want to do exactly what they're doing. We want to be cool. We want to be friends with our children and it creates problems all along the way. Generationally, it creates problems. But again now, I wish I could tell you that I'm reading this out of AL.com. I'm reading this out of the Bible. These are the same problems they were having at that time, and it's only gotten worse. Not only that, this word, they were unthankful. Unthankful. Yeah, no sense of gratitude for anything when you possess. Can I tell you that if you give me everything, I don't appreciate anything. If I have everything, I think I'm supposed to have what? Everything. Everything. And so giving me something else, but, but I remember, I remember in my lifestyle, now I tell you, there's an element of my upbringing where I felt spoiled. I could ask for something. I ain't talking about this is new now. But I can remember one morning, I probably told this story before. My mama... Our mama used to struggle with dollars because she was an LPN. You ain't been, she didn't make that much money. But. What used to get her off kilter was them unexpected bills. Stuff jumping up that she couldn't plan for, didn't plan for. And I remember one morning I was getting up going to school. We were going on a trip that day in school, and I forgot to tell my mama. And I said, well, when we got up in the morning, I said, oh, mama, we going, we going to such and such today. I need some I need some money. And you, I could see the look on her face that I had just hit her in a spot because she probably didn't have no cash at that point. It was probably between paydays. And I think I needed, didn't, it wasn't a lot. At the time, it was about $15. And she looked, and she, she responded in such a way to let me know that this was going to be painful. Because I don't know where she had it or what money she was pulling from, what bills she had over there in an envelope and she was waiting to go pay. But all I know is when I left for school that day, I had $15. But it put me in the mindset of knowing that mama did something for this. This mama sacrificed something for these $15. And, and that trip was something I ought to feel real good that I was able to go because I, I ought to feel grateful for the opportunity to go on this trip. And it made me look at how her money flowed completely different after that because you just assume, you go ask for some money, Mom, can I have $2? And they give you $2. But then I realized what goes into getting that money. Gratitude. It's something that has to be taught for certain. But I walked into 
understanding what it is that day. But there is a time now when we we just unthankful. Kids, we are, yeah, we just 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 not thankful for what happens. And I ain't just talking about kids either. I'm talking about adults. Yeah, just adults. Look, I had this conversation with an adult the other day who was talking about his life. And he, I must have hit a nerve in my conversation because he, he said, man, I'm working this job. I ain't even got no health benefits. And I'm thinking, we take that for granted too. You know that we work these jobs that come with all these benefits. If I get a toothache, I can go to the dentist. I ain't got to put a dime on the table. And he can take care of my situation or I can go to the doctor and I ain't got to put a dime on the table and they can take care of my situation. But the question is, are you grateful? Do you understand how God has blessed you? And we're talking about a system such as ours. How must it have been 2,000 years ago when you didn't have these things, when everything was tough to come by? Not only are we unthankful, is there unthankfulness according to Paul, but there's also unholiness, wickedness. Wickedness. He said people are just wicked. It's the, when men disregard decency and shame. You know it's true. If it was true then that people had no boundaries of what they do, yeah, can, and anybody can pull up their TikTok right now. If you want to know what indecency is, just go through anybody's TikTok line stream and you'll see indecency popping up over and over. People will do anything for a laugh or for a like or for anything. They'll do literally anything. Not only will they do it, they'll have their children doing anything for a laugh or for a giggle or a like. And we have all these mediums. What did I say at the beginning? Wiser, weaker. We grow that way. Not only that, we're truth breakers, according to Scripture. Truth breakers, that means we refer to people who don't keep promises. They tell you something. They, they assure you that they're going to do it, and then they just don't. They just don't. Without natural affection describes a breakdown of the family. Just a struggle in relationships between the families, the loss of love for those who ought to be closest to you. It's just a breakdown. I knew I wasn't going to get no amens up in here today because these are hard. These are hard, and what we do is go retrospectively and looking and say, where am I in this space? Or am, am I in this space? And the truth of the matter is, we're all living in this system right now. And it confuses our lives and we still, in this place today, are trying to struggle through and be our best versions of ourselves, but we still get caught up in these systems. That's why it's so important that you stay around people who understand the world systems and can help you move in a positive direction. I, we, send, uh, we, we, we do a whole lot around here about shooing our young folk off to college. Can I tell you, college is an incubator for all the ills that are in the Bible. We pay a whole lot of money to send our kids out into the big wide world and they literally get exposed to everything. If you, any group you ever thought of, you want a Christian group, they got it. You got a devil-worshiping group, they got it. Whatever group you want is there, so you better make sure your young folk have a foundation on who they are before they leave your house. Do not leave it to chance. 
that they are going to just pick up on something and it's going to be good because they will. Didn't mean to call your name, nephew. Yeah, but they will pick up on something and it won't be good. It may be horrible and you, 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 you may be regretful that you did it now. There's a whole lot of good at universities and colleges, but there's a whole lot of bad, a whole lot of bad there too. Yeah, false accusers or, yeah, they just destroy people's good names for, for, for money. Here we go. We can go back up the list. Why are you doing it? So I can get mine. You know, people will tell you right now, I'll tell them you did such and such. Well, that ain't true. I don't care. They'll just lie. We see that all the time, that people just lie on people. Um, these are just false accusations, just slanderers. They don't care about your reputation or your name. It doesn't matter. Incontinent. That means they can't control themselves. They act like they have no sense of ability to stop doing things that are wrong, you know. And that's just not the truth people do. They say, if it feels good, I'm going to do it. They push it on out there. And then they're fierce, brutal, just brutal, sadistic people who will harm you and, and just not care. I wonder where these folk come from. I was shocked two weeks ago, three weeks ago, when there was a, an article in the paper about a young man who died on death row. And I knew him. I knew him. I had dealt with him in court before he grew up to do these horrible things. I knew him. In fact, in the group of people that he hung out with, Richard, I was his Sunday school teacher. And I'm seeing his picture in the paper. And I'm saying, where did this spin? Because I used to have so many wonderfully innocent conversations with this kid. And I knew his aunt, I mean, his grandmama had some questions about whether he was making some of the right choices, but I didn't know he had gotten in with a group of folk that were killing folk. Where did it turn? You know, and, and I'm, just, I'm just shocked to deal with that because if never before, it hit right on my, my front step. And when I saw his picture in the paper, my heart just melted because he's in prison for the rest of his life. And I just remember the kids sitting up in Sunday school at First Baptist. And he's so far, so far from that. Yeah, just killing people. And the, and the, and the, the paper said specifically, in case I had any doubts, he killed such and such. Came out in testimony that he was the one who gunned down such and such. And, I, and all I could ask Pam was, why? What, what was going on? Such that you felt like you had to do that. And then the last, one of the last things is despisers of all that is good. What a statement. In a world where good is evil and evil seems like it's good, people are floating that way. You're just going to be against something because it's good. People are just against church because they don't understand it. They don't understand it. They, 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 they think people from the church, and sometimes we, we don't help with this, look down their nose at other folk. And so because they don't understand what we are, they just, they're just against it. Part of that is our, is our fault because we have got to get out of these walls. 
and let them know that the church is us. We are the people who have to go to them and make them understand what a congregation and a church family is. But until we go out and have those conversations, people just think what they're going to think. We got to break down those notions. Traitors. Traitors. People who betray other people. Yeah. Common parlance. We have allowed this word to become something that it's not. People think snitching is telling the truth. Yeah, snitching. That's what they call it. Anytime you tell the truth, they say you're a snitch. That's just not the case. But we let that become such a negative, negative word. High-minded, high-minded are those people who are puffed up with a false sense of their own self-importance. People who think they're better than they are and necessarily think they're better than you. These are high-minded people. And then lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Self-explanatory. They love anything that makes them feel better and they want. It's just pleasure. People, some people just live for pleasure. And I ask the question, if everything is pleasurable, is anything pleasurable? If everything is pleasurable, I mean, if everything you do is pleasurable, I, I mean, eating has to be pleasurable. I don't understand the concept that ours is a pleasure society and we do, uh, now we do know that the film industry, the pleasure film industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. Yeah, and I can assure you that in that multi-billion dollar industry, it ain't just non-believers buying them films. <laughs> All right, the church keeping a whole lot of that industry going too. And so we're struggling in that respect. There's a whole movement about the church and pornography, about people involved in church who are struggling with the addiction to pornography. So the deception, Paul says, is that in the last days that this population is going to be characterized by these people who suffer from all these problems. But this is what I came to tell you. These are going to be people who are religious. These are people in the church who are struggling with it. Not, not just the general population, but a population of people who know the Lord, who struggle with their relationship. And we're seeing that today because even today, 94% of people say they believe in God. And even with 94% of people saying they believe in God, we still have these issues in our organization. And that's why Paul said, hear me now, write this down, that they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power of the relationship. So they, they look like they're believers, they talk like they're believers, they walk like they're believers, but they're struggling with the power that comes from a relationship with the Lord, that the Lord can keep you from doing these things that are wrong that the Lord can strengthen you so that your base emotions don't come on the outside. How many of us struggle with issues that prayer has, has helped us to deal with? Every one of us is struggling with something. There's not a problem you have in your life that with the Lord on your side, you can't bring under control. I've never met anybody who struggled with an addiction 
who didn't at some point in their recovery tell me I had to get close to my high power. Every one of them made a connection. Now, they may call the higher power something different than I called it, but what they're saying is I had to get close to the Lord, and it was my relationship with the Lord that helped me put this problem in check. Now, you and I don't have a problem saying my higher power is a relationship with Jesus. They may call him Allah, they may call him something else, but they're making a connection to the Lord in some way. They understand that they can't make it through this life without it because they understand that these folk that they're around don't have the power to help them get through what they're dealing with. And so their deception is that even though they know the Lord, they don't know the power that comes in a relationship with her. How do you get stronger in your relationship with the Lord and deal with these issues? Well, you do the same thing you do to get strong in your body. Every day you work out. You exercise your relationship. What is spiritual exercise? It's called prayer. It's called, it's called prayer. It's called meditation. Yeah, it's called doing things for others that strengthens your character. These are exercises that help you get stronger in the Lord. It's called realizing that when you're in a tough situation, can't nobody help you but you were helped, all right? There's nobody with skin on that could come in and help you, and yet something helped you get out of that situation. Something helped you walk out of that situation. You know and I know because we're mature enough that it was the Lord. People have to walk into that understanding. Paul said the denial that these people have is that they think they're godly because they dress a certain way. They think they're godly because they go to a certain institution. They think they're godly because they know a few verses and they say them. But the power of godliness comes from humbleness, from meekness, not from beating people up, but from helping people get up. That's the power of godliness. And these last days will be characterized by people who want the security of a relationship with God, but they refuse to live by God's rules. That's the problem we have. In these last days, people want to say, I belong to the Lord, but you can't tell it from their lifestyle. Their lifestyle would push against what they keep pushing out to you in their mouth. And these are the folk who got a form of godliness. And so he counsels them in closing on how to deal with it. He said, we're cautioned. Now watch this. This is something big. He said, stay away from them. That's big, isn't it? He said, stay away from them. From these folk, turn away. In other words, he's saying, we have to strengthen ourselves in this community. We have to regularly meet so that we can pray for one another, help one another. The community of Christ ought to be able to support the community of Christ, but not only the community of Christ. We ought to be inviting more people to come in and be a part of it as well. Now, we can't judge somebody's destiny. We don't know who's going to heaven. We ain't got no heaven or hell to put nobody in. 
And so we ought to share as much of our knowledge of the good news as we can. But we can't continue to grow in Christ and live with the devil. We ought to isolate ourselves from those situations until we're strong enough to be in that space and minister to them. And not only that, not only are we told to isolate, we're also told to insulate ourselves. When a man proves to you by his fruit, proves himself to be a child, not of the Lord, but of the enemy, what do you do under those circumstances? You see, you got to isolate yourself from that person because they will harm you. Now, this was 2,000 years ago. How much worse is it today that we have these same problems? I know being in this world, being in this walk can seem so hard sometimes. Can. Can seem restrictive. And from a young person's standpoint, I've been in that space where I push back. Yeah, by the methodologies that were chosen to teach me the ways of the Lord. Can I tell you, life has brought me back to that same place. Even though I turned away from it when I was younger, I found myself needing the security of a walk, needing the security of a relationship with people. Yeah, they seemed so restrictive at the time. And now I can admire them for the sacrifices that they made. So are we in the last days? All the signs would seem to indicate that we are in some form of the last days. Yeah. But so too did the church 2,000 years ago think. So why don't we live like we are in the last days? And that means we ought to draw closer to the Lord. We ought to make sure that our relationship with him is firm and secure. And we ought to make sure we can tell everybody we know about a loving Savior. We ought to help anyone that we can. Every day we ought to live like it's the last day. And if we do that, then I think the Lord will be pleased. I know he'll be pleased with what we do. We've got, we've got to do some work here in the church. There's some folk out there who need to know who the Lord is. They're not going to figure it out on a Sunday morning if we wait for them to come through that door. So we got to go out there and talk to them. I know it's dangerous. But everywhere is dangerous. Yeah. But if you're willing to help me, we're going to be going out there, and I want you to be a part of the team because there's some children who don't have parents who can tell them about the Lord. And the reason they don't have parents is because their parents were never told about the Lord. And we got to help them out. One of the last things Ms. Johnson asked me to do as pastor, she said, Pastor, if you don't do anything else, some people may have heard her tell me this. It was on a Zoom call. She said, we don't do anything else. Let's make sure we do vacation Bible school again. Because vacation Bible school in its truest form is a missionary outreach activity. It's going out there getting people who need to know the Lord. And so if we can do it, I need some help. We're going to make sure this community has an outstanding vacation Bible school because it's the right thing to do. We'll be telling them about Jesus. How many of you know Jesus? Raise your hand. Yeah. Yeah, now some people, I hope you raise your hand because it's the truth. Because when we get in this space, if everybody else is raising their hand, we raise our hand too. But do you really know it? Is he your savior? Because he your savior wants to be. He wants to have that relationship with you. If you don't know him in the free pardon of your sins, 
I'm empowered right now to extend an invitation to you and ask you to accept the sacrifice that he made for you. The Bible says that he lived 33 odd years and then he died just so you could have a relationship with the Lord. Died just for you, just for me. I believe. Do you believe? If you've never accepted him, then today is the day for you to accept him. I know we live in a tough world, but we serve a mighty God who can handle anything. If today's the day you want to accept him, or maybe you're looking for a church family, We've been waiting on you. Today's the day. Won't you come right now? Come to Jesus.